0: Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Hello again, everyone, and welcome into the Not on Your Side Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Bailey, Sports Director at WNCT. Now on your side, Garrett Short and Jason Boyd joins us for this first podcast of our reinvention, I guess you could say, as we uh, get set to go back into the podcasting business, and uh, we certainly welcome you to our discussion today. What we're going to try to do every couple of weeks is get together, talk sports, and, and kind of get on a topic. And if you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, you can email me at bailey at wnct.com at any time, and we'll try to you know get some of those topics out there. But today, we thought we would talk Super Bowl. The Bengals and the Rams set for the Super Bowl in a week and a half. But the Super Bowl is, is it's football's biggest game, and it kind of takes us back, You know, if you're a sports fan, to your childhood. I mean, we've been watching the Super Bowl. I've been watching them you know, just about all my life, and uh, you guys have certainly watched them all your life because <laughs> you're younger than I am. But uh, Garrett Short is with me. Jason Boyd is with me. And we're talking sports and talking Super Bowl memories. So I'm going to start the uh, podcast by asking you guys, and you're young, Garrett, so you've got a, a disadvantage, yeah. I guess. But what's the first, the-, the first Super Bowl you remember?
1: That's difficult because, you know, I think I remember some of the early Brady in New England Super Bowls. You know, obviously he had multiple trips early on. Um, But honestly, the very first one I can remember thoroughly is the one I want to want to forget the most. That's as a Bears fan was the Super Bowl against the Colts. And I remember Devin Hester taking the opening kick back for a touchdown. I thought, oh, wow, we're going to win by, like, 50. It <laughs> uh, didn't exactly turn out that way. But yeah, that's the one I remember the most clear.
0: And that was February fourth, two 2007 from Dolphin Stadium, Indianapolis, beating the Bears by the final of 29-17. All right, Jason, now you're not quite as old as I am, but you're close. A, you're close. Well, what's the first Super Bowl you remember?
2: Well, uh um, I've been covering sports for a long time. I have mean, been in this business for 33 years, and so you kind of remember a bunch of them that really sort of stand out. But I remember, I guess, as a kid, you know, it was a spectacle of sorts because, you know, you saw the, the build-up with the commercials and stuff like that leading up to the, the first game. So uh, for me, I guess it was some of the Steeler games because you saw Terry Bradshaw and uh, what they did, and that's sort of the team that I guess I became a, a follower of until the Panthers game. But obviously the Panthers game is the one that matters the most because you're sitting there watching the game, and you're thinking, oh, wow, they're going to actually win this thing. And then Tom Brady, who just retired, uh, led one of his many comebacks in the Super Bowl, had them win, and then Terry kicks the field goal, and then that's it, you know. So that's the one that I think sticks out for the most of us because that was the one real true opportunity where we could see uh, them do something and and kind of get into a situation where you thought maybe uh, this was going to be the start of something big. And, you know, Cam Newton, you know, got him there and such. But uh, that was really the first time I guess you really kind of Uh, looked back on it and thought that maybe this was the start of something special. And, and, you know, now we're like everybody else. If you're a Panthers fan, you're watching the game because uh, the Panthers stunk this year. (laughs) That's
1: one of the years that I remember most. And I was not quite, I don't think, seven at that point. So aging myself a little bit. But, you know, that string of venetary kicks that has basically solidified him. I know he's retired now, but as the greatest kicker of all time, easily, Mm Um, that was kind of during that stretch that I started, I guess, remembering.
2: And we were games. talking uh, earlier this week, Brian, about, you know, one of the games that actually stands out to me even more so is the uh, immaculate reception, or whatever you want to call it, when Dwight Clark caught the touchdown against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Because that is the one that really sort of stood out as far as um, – Games within the Super Bowl game itself, and that kind of you know even solidified the NFL as being yeah. the top dog as far as sports were concerned. I can remember watching on CBS on a Sunday night, and they replaying the the catch and such, and that was really before the whole dynasty with uh, Troy Aikman and such. But that that's another game that kind of sticks out because it's like you know, wow, the NFL is really something spectacular. Even the championship games are a game into themselves.
0: And that game propelled, of course, San Francisco to the Super Bowl that year. And what I remember, if you remember, the Kodak commercials for years had the, the catch and showed mm-hmm. it for forever. But what I remember about that particular play, and that's not a Super Bowl, but it led up to a Super Bowl, was the fact that I had the chicken pox. I was at James Madison University on, on break, and I had the chicken pox. Mm-hmm. And so I was sick, and so I was watching the game. and every time Time, since then, every time I see the replay of the catch, I start scratching. I mean, <laughs> and, and and the funny thing about that too, Dwight Clark came to Greenville for the Michael Jordan Celebrity Golf Classic that's one cool. year. So he's playing, and I'm out there, you know, shooting video. And there he comes rolling up, and I said, you know, I wonder if this guy's nice, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost his life recently for complications of ALS, but just a great guy. And I told him the story, and I said, every time I, said, I'm even itchy right now. I'm scratching right now <laughs> because because that's just the way. It, you know, that, that hit me like that when I had the chicken pox, and, and he laughed so hard. I think he fell out of his golf cart. Oh. And he said, "Hey, man, I, I gotta get your name. I gotta use that when I to speak at banquets because I've never heard anything crazier than that." That is that is funny as all. So he really thought that story was was, was hilarious. But uh, that was yeah. You know, and you joy. said
1: that was against the Cowboys. Yeah, that's well, probably why you scratched. The well, is. there's <laughs> no there's doubt. The yeah. them <laughs> I mean, I,
0: they had a chance to win that, and people forget. But uh, Dallas came right back, and uh, Danny White threw a pass to Drew Pearson over the middle. That they didn't call horse collar because they didn't have it back then, but he got horse collared on the play and got dragged down. The next play, Danny White fumbled, and then. but they were getting close. They would have won that game with a field goal, but that's that's a long time ago, and that's not even a, a Super Bowl. So, let's go back. The first Super Bowl I remember as a kid was Super Bowl 5. Baltimore beat Dallas 16-15. The reason I remember it, my dad was a Baltimore fan, and I was starting to become a football fan, and I liked the Cowboys, and the Cowboys had struggled against the Packers, you know, those the Ice Bowl and some of the games in the late 60s, so the Cowboys finally make it to the Super Bowl, and I didn't know this at the time, but after that Super Bowl, maybe two or three years later, uh, they came out with these books for, for kids that age, and there was Super Bowl was the name of the book, and it chronicled you know the first five or six Super Bowls, and it chronicled Super Bowl five, and the chapter was called Lassie Had a Dream. Jim O'Brien kicked the winning field goal for Baltimore, and apparently the night before, he was called Lassie because he had long hair, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> So, they said Lassie had a dream. He dreamed he was going to kick the winning field goal to beat the Cowboys. And he did. And the Cowboys lost in that game 16-13. The next year, Dallas beat Miami 24-3. to And I remember Bob Lilly sacked Bob Greasy. Like a 23 or 27-yard you know sack in that game. And I remember Dallas finally broke through and... And then, you know they were saying next year's champions is what they used to call it. The NFL films always did a, a, a little thing about teams, and yeah. that was next year's champions. But finally, Dallas won a Super Bowl, and that was Super Bowl six back on January sixteenth, 1972. I was born in 62, so I was 10 years old when that happened. Do you know if, if you guys, and this is not really fair for you, Gary, and you might get it right because you, you like sports trivia as well, the Super Bowl wasn't called the Super Bowl at first. What was it called? The first couple.
2: I can lay claim to have read this, but I can't lay claim to remember
0: it. I'm <laughs> the same way, because I don't think I remember watching, you know, and, and it really wasn't that big of a spectacle. You know, Super, well, it wasn't really Super Bowl. Well, now they, they backtrack and they call it that. But right. the first couple of Super Bowls, you know, both networks had the first Super Bowl, CBS and NBC, I think both did it. And uh, Green Bay beat Kansas City thirty-five to ten. It was called the AFL-NFL World Championship Game, the American Football
1: League of this history before the National Football League
0: World Championship Game. Green Bay won the first two Super Bowls. That's why you play for the Vince Lombardi Trophy each year. The Jets won Super Bowl three. That's the guarantee. Remember Joe Joe Namath Namath. laying in a lawn chair and the pictures of the (laughs) black and white pictures of that and him guaranteeing the victory, and they won. Kansas City beat Minnesota in Super Bowl four. We talked about the baltimore dallas game and then dallas winning in super bowl six but the super bowl is just something that 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 really just encompasses everything i mean it's just something that you 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 think about all year as a football fan you want your team to get there my team hasn't been there in over two decades now 25 years or so the dallas cowboys but they'll give you back one of these days uh has has anybody ever been to a super bowl have you been to one i wish i haven't been um, yet yeah, I have. You better go quickly because those tickets are expensive. <laughs> Did you
1: see that? It was. I saw. I that. mean, especially for sitting around like the fifty with decent seats. Oh yeah, ten thousand dollars. How That's do you expect crazy. people that can actually? I guess it's L.A. I think Watlington
0: went to a change. Super Bowl when he was a kid. Have you ha- had a chance? I have not
2: been to one,
1: but you're right. These days you can get a, a
2: $1,000 TV or so, and you can live the experience in your living oh, room yeah. almost as much as so you can from sitting in the, the game itself or traveling there and buying tickets. Yeah, a beer on the couch snacks.
1: is a heck
0: of a lot cheaper <laughs> yeah. than a beer. I at can't the imagine what that. a beer would be yeah. a, at the Super Bowl. I had a chance to go to Super Bowl 28 as a as a – media member slash fan I'll tell you how things have changed you know since you know 9/11 and security concerns and that kind of thing but in Super Bowl 28 we had a press pass it was in Atlanta so I applied for credentials hoping that Dallas would get there and hoping I would get them wasn't sure if either one was going to happen but they both did so I had a credential to go to the Super Bowl so a couple of buddies of mine uh, Mike small who has his own podcast and he used to work for us as an intern and he worked for the Dean Smith Show in Chapel Hill but uh, he and I and Britt Laughinghouse who owns Boston furniture his, his family in Greenville we all three piled in I had to do a game for East Carolina and UNC Wilmington that Saturday night on home team sports remember that network oh, yes. uh-huh. so I did the game for home team sports and then we just packed up and headed south to Atlanta I think we stopped in Augusta and spent the night got up the next morning and spent the day in Atlanta walking around and then you know we parked the car and then we went to the game and and what we did with the pe- press pass and two tickets we had was we kind of alternate so I went to the press seat for a little bit the press seat was way up in the air at the Georgia Dome at the time it was way up and they had actually had pretty good seats in the corner that were down low so then at halftime we switched to you know and we let everybody got a chance to do stuff I got to go into the locker room afterwards and see Bill Bates and you know just just some really cool stuff uh, for Super Bowl 28 and then Super Bowl 38 the Panthers and the Patriots and that was in Houston and I got a chance to go there for work and that was that was really an experience and that was one of the last years that they left at local stations actually videotaped the game on the field, so I got a chance to spend the whole Super Bowl on the field. And I kept looking. I got home and it recorded. I kept looking for a shot of me on the field. I never could find one. <laughs> I was just hoping that somewhere I would be there. But you know, they're you know they're real strict with the Super Bowl credentials from Super Bowl twenty eight to Super Bowl thirty eight. It was completely different.
1: And it's funny how I mean, it's changed exponentially from the very start. You know, if you're looking back at the first few Super Bowls. Everything's different between commercial prices, between how they advertise it. Between oh, yeah. look at some of these scores, you know, sixteen to thirteen, Baltimore beat Dallas, and I believe that's Super Bowl five. That low scoring doesn't happen anymore. You know, obviously it wasn't as big of a, uh, a spectacle. Now people are saying, why isn't you know the Monday after a national holiday? Mm-hmm. I'm sure in your guys' eyes, watching this thing grow has kind of almost been comical because it's kind of consumed America. You're, you said it. Yeah. I mean, people think about this game in this day all year long whether that's for the commercials whether that's for the halftime show whether that's for the food if you're like me
0: <laughs> yeah and you think about just just everything that goes on you know with the Super Bowl and the prices of the 32nd commercial and every year it gets more and more millions and millions and you know everybody sits around and watches it and then you know it used to be the USA Today would come out with a poll about which commercials were the best and so it, and they still do mm-hmm. but now it's almost instant I mean it's on Twitter and social media boom it's right out there for everybody to see and which ones the fans like which ones that don't like
1: between the commercials and the halftime show people sit there in front of a computer with their phone in their hand twitter open ready to just blast away
2: yeah, you look at what culture has been like you know with the super bowl i mean it was you know 20 30 years ago it was the world series you had afternoon world series games it was a spectacle into itself as such because you had some of those national teams like the cardinals and the yankees and the red Sox and stuff that were involved in that and now it's kind of switched over to the nfl where it's become like you said it's a global event it's not just something that you watching the game for you watching the commercials, the musical acts. I mean, I don't remember the Super Bowl, but the Jan Jackson. Justin I was going like to say that was, was Super
0: Bowl thirty eight, and yes. I was there. I was on the field when that happened, and it was so crazy because I'm in the end zone and I'm I'm kind of watching it, but I'm not really paying attention. I wasn't a fan of either one, but but it was you know the music was great and everybody's into it. In, in fact, I was more into Toby Keith. He he did the pregame. Mm-hmm. And I was like Toby Keith, man. That's. <laughs> so so that's going on, and then the next thing you know. It's, it's like a hush comes over the stadium and then people are just chirping about something so I, I was what happened and they started telling me and then the guys from i think they were from south carolina uh, a station in South Carolina and they, they were shooting that thing. And so they were right on top of it. They came back to the truck and they were like, Look, check this out. And I was like, man, that, I can't believe that happened. And it was one of the
2: first times that you really saw it go to a, another level than just the game itself. It was a social right. impact. It had a, uh, it had a lasting impression. I don't know that a lot of people remember the score of the game or maybe even the teams that right, played. Right, but they and remember that. No, like you were saying, Garrett, it kind of carries over from there from the commercials and the, the spectacle itself and make it into a, a holiday, so it is it, really the
1: king. It really is a holiday. You were asking me about you know things like what, what game do I remember. Honestly, I don't always remember the games, but I do remember where I went, where my parents took me, which friend's house I went to things like that you know if I remember I believe it was the Patriots perfect season we had Super Bowl squares and I was about to win all the Patriots needed to Super Bowl
0: squares for entertainment purposes only obviously
1: (laughs) I was like nine so (laughs) I guess you're allowed and of course they didn't win but you know I remember those types of things not just the games obviously you know a lot of the big plays a lot of big players do stick out but even the things that are you know where you're going, you know what food you're having, who was there at the party, things mm. like that. It is almost like a holiday.
2: And it used to be back in the day for myself. Is that you know uh, one thing I was always fascinated about? Maybe become a journalist is that you would get these uh, Funk and Wagnalls uh, Year in Review books, and you could look at like the Indianapolis 500, you could look at the Super Bowl, and that was really kind of interesting and stuff because you could kind of re reread what was going on and such like that. Now, like you said, you've got the NFL with the NFL films. You can go on YouTube and watch highlights and stuff. And so it's not just, like you said, the game itself. There's so much of a build-up from so many different directions that people can enjoy it. And you can, I guess, in a lot of ways educate people from the game itself just by watching YouTube or social media. So there's a lot involved uh, from it, uh, not just the actual game itself. And that's what makes it so entertaining for everybody because it's really become a sport that everybody can enjoy without so much knowing everything about the game.
0: And you guys, great to up a Brought up a great point when you look at 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 the possibility of someday moving this game to Saturday and just making it a you know a, it's a day off for just about everybody and just do it because if it's on a Sunday and that's one of the reasons I think you know Major League Baseball is losing their audience because the young kids can't stay up late enough. Now, now this is not too late; it's ten o'clock when the game's over. But you would think about what if you started the game at you know five thirty or you know earlier on a Saturday time, just... and everybody's up. Even if you started at 6 or 6 20 like they do right now on a Saturday night yeah. and then you got all day Sunday to recover and everybody can you know have big parties and that kind of thing for the Super Bowl. But as it is, a neighbor of mine used to always have a Super Bowl party and I was amazed because he invited me one year and I was like, okay, I got nothing to talk them over. So I come over and all of them had kids and everything. Well, as soon as the second quarter hit man, they were busting out of there. By halftime, I was the only one still there. I was like, well, where's everybody at? And they said, well, you know, they got things to do. They got kids. They got to get them to bed, they got school tomorrow. So, you know, the, the whole Super Bowl party aspect of it is uh, is lacking in some ways because, you know, fa- families are families.
2: We had a playoff game on Monday this year. So, anything's possible. They could certainly move it to a Saturday and make a big spectacle about it. I mean, they've done everything with the NCAA tournament by expanding the field and, you know, playing more games and stuff like that. So, it's it's not a matter of if but when uh, that happens. And, and
1: right. clearly, it's not like it's an issue with, you know, prep time. They have a week off in between the oh, yeah. yeah you know, AFC and NFC championships in the Super Bowl. So, logistically for the teams, it would make sense. What do
0: you think of media day, then? What they've turned that into?
1: That's interesting because
2: it used to be a, a boring spectacle, and now it's an ESPN event oh, that you It's crazy. You know, NFL
0: Network, ESPN, I think yeah, all of them cover just the thing. It adds
2: to the mix because, um, you, like you said, with that extra week off, you want something that kind of uh, – captures the attention as such and you know now we're watching uh, you know when the plane lands and the team uh, empties the, the plane and you're like some media day and stuff and so uh, that's really interesting because you get the, the the different people from you know Brazil and stuff like that that come on and do yeah. loud and wacky stuff and you get you know entertainment correspondents from some of the late night TV shows that interact and stuff and so that's interesting because it's just another layer of it and it just gives people another way or another reason to watch it they're not just watching the game it's, it's become an entertainment spectrum go up personality aspect and and that that just makes it i think even more entertaining and just you know helps the NFL so whoever came with that idea to kind of Broaden it out is uh, certainly a genius.
0: They put them up on, on an elevator and they raise them up and they're introducing the uh, Cincinnati Bengal offense and they all come out. And, but it used to be they just put them off in little pods yeah. and you could go over and interview whoever you wanted to and now it's it, it's a spectacle.
2: Everything's online so you can see everything right. from the legitimate interviews to the wacky ones where the you know the weather girl from Portugal interviews somebody <laughs> yeah, and it becomes something like that. Well, so.
1: When everything is so easily and so quickly consumed on smartphones you kind of have to create a lot to keep people up to date and satisfied because you know, we're always kind of staring at our phones.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've got a pirate playing in this year's Super Bowl, Deontay Smith, uh, who played for East Carolina. He wears number 70 for the Cincinnati Bengals. A little trivia question for you now uh How many Super Bowl champions, how many pirates are Super Bowl champions in their career? Have any idea? Two. No, no, no. A lot, a lot more than that. Really?
1: Bump that number up. I'm going to guess 14.
0: Yeah, 15. Yeah. Oh, really? 15 Pirates have okay. won Super Bowls. Uh, and and two Pirates have won multiple Super Bowls. Do you have any idea who they so are? Robert Jones. Robert Jones has won. He's won three. He's won the most. And a teammate of his in the pros. And you got to think special teams. Can you give me an initial? <laughs> JJ. It doesn't help. John
2: Jett. Oh, yes. John kicker. Jett, okay. former I, I was East Carolina punter.
0: I think he had a punt blocked in the 96 Super Bowl, if I'm not okay. mistaken. But, uh, yeah, he, he won two Super Bowl rings with the Cowboys, and Robert Jones won three with the Cowboys. 1996 mm-hmm. was the last year those Cowboys won a Super Bowl, so <laughs> we're still waiting on that. But there's a long list. I remember when Vontae Leach, who interned at Channel 9, mm-hmm. uh, when he won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, Uh, that was fun just talking to him and got the experience and everything. There's a great picture of Vontae Leach doing snow angels and all the confetti. It's just, it's just great. I mean, it's, it's really, there's nothing like it.
1: I mean, I I know that it's different because if you look at the NBA, there's so few people on the roster, but if you look at an NFL roster, there's so many people on the team, so many coaches, so many people behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and it's great to see them kind of all come out and their families and, and celebrate after. And it's, and obviously, there's a lot of microphones being stuck in people's faces. But in those moments, you do get to see the people celebrate after such a grueling season and stuff. And obviously, for you know Smith, we saw him after the Mahomes interception this past right. week. Um, you know, as just I believe he's a rookie, getting yeah. to kind of experience something like that. That's awesome. Hopefully he has a long career and takes that with him because you have people that play a decade and never get a chance to get to this because football is so difficult to reach that final game.
0: All right, before we go, let's uh, go around the table and get a Super Bowl prediction from everybody. Who you got, Rams or the Bengals? Start with the youngster, Garrett Short.
1: I am going to go with the Rams. I'd love to see the Bengals win, but I just... Don't think that the Cincinnati offensive line is going to be able to to hold
0: up. Yeah, so. they've given up a sack or two, haven't yeah, they? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or two hundred, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with LA. All
0: right, he goes to the Rams, Jason.
2: It would be, I think, the Rams too. It would have been neat if we could have uh, seen. Um, well, what's his name from Tarboro? Uh, that was with the Rams. Todd or, Gurley. It would be really neat if we could have seen him uh, be a part of that and win a Super Bowl and stuff. But yeah, I think the Rams are sort of the team to beat. I mean, the Bengals have obviously done a very good job, but I don't buy the, the notion that Joe Burrow could be the youngest person. Was it to win the Heisman uh, Super Bowl and there was something else? And a national, uh, a national title national game,
0: national game all in like
1: two and a half, three years. So, uh, that would be something.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm just not sold on the Rams completely. I think they've got all the parts, but it just didn't seem like that they were. You know, I think they're beatable, and I think that that we're going to see the Bengals. I think the Bengals are on that run that we look back and seen so many teams that go on runs like that. So I'm going to I'm going to take the Bengals, although I think the Rams have the better team.
1: Well, what's weird is none of the best teams, at least you know right. statistically, are in this. If you think the Green best Bay, teams, you the think the Chiefs, Chiefs, the Packers, yeah, uh, the Titans were the number one seed, but especially those two between you know the Packers, you know the Buccaneers. And the Chiefs you think, okay, those are the three real powerhouses and they're sitting at home. That's on why the couch.
0: playoffs are so so it's much fun. fun to watch, but mm-hmm. when you have a team in it. Yeah. You know, because I really didn't think San Francisco was a better team than Dallas was, but Dallas had 14 penalties and they didn't play well and you get beat. When you do that, you get beat. Mm-hmm. That's what the playoffs are all about. So yeah, It doesn't come down to and. just
1: skill. It comes no. down to things like discipline.
0: It comes down to all of that. All right, that's our podcast for this week. We'll be back here in a couple of weeks with uh, more as far as our podcast is concerned. For Garrett Short and for Jason Boyd, I'm Brian Bailey. This has been the Not On Your Side Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time.